Good morning, Christ Hipple North. Morning. How are you guys doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. It's interesting. I was thinking this week how long I've been coming to Christ Temple North. And I'll see those kids in the back. I started coming. I've known Pastor Field since I was nine years old. I came out for a summer track program. And we did really well. I had great success. Made it all the way to nationals. I could go to Disney World for free because I made the nationals thanks to Pastor Field's coaching. This fall, that fall, he went to one of my football games. And so because he showed up to one of my football games, I in turn went to his church. I haven't left since. That was 20 years ago. That was 20 years ago, and I have never seen Pastor calling sick. And so our prayers are with Pastor. I just talked to Isaac, though. He's already smack-talking, so he must be feeling good. Maybe because the Sooners and Packers finally won a game. But uh, he must be feeling pretty good. So as we get started, I want you to re turn to your neighbor and say, it had to happen. No, wait, 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 wait. Some of you are like, it had to happen. Turn to them again and say, it had to happen. Certain things in life has to happen. Pastor Field tells us all the time that life always happens. It's going to hit you eventually. And there are certain things that we desire out of this life. And those that have been coming to Bible study know that certain anxieties I had a few months ago. I never had anxiety in my life. It's been my family forever. My grandparents, my mother, and my sister exhibit it all the time. And I thought it skipped me. But then I turned 29. I know some of you are laughing. But for you 20-year-olds, you guys know what I'm talking about. 29 sounds really close to 30. And when I was 21, I thought I'd be a certain place when I was 30. I'd have this, 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 and that. And I have a lot of those things. But there's this one thing I don't have. And I want. And I've been praying for for a very long time. And I thought I would come close a couple times. I thought I was right there on the precipice of receiving it. And didn't get it. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've been sitting there praying. Paul knows that feeling way too well. Paul writes in Romans. Now he's writing to the Romans in Romans chapter 1. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit, in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers. See, Paul wanted to go to Rome. It's the center of the world. He'd been preaching all over the east coast of the Roman Empire. He'd been preaching... It's the greatest empire in the world at that time. It has the strongest military. It has the strongest uh, region of space. It has a ton of resources, financial uh, success. It's the United States of his time. And Romans was New York City, the greatest city in the world. 
And he knew if I could just get to Rome, the impact that I could have. Because I've been in all these small towns, I've been preaching and teaching, I've seen thousands and thousands of people's lives change. But I knew if I get to Rome, I can make the world change. What's your Rome today? What have you been desiring so badly for? And you feel like it's so far away. See, Paul wrote that many years before he picks up an axe. In Acts 25, he began several trials. He has preached so much and done God's will for his life so much that he gets in trouble with the Jewish people to the point they want to kill him. And he goes after trial, after trial, after trial. And it's similar to our court system today. Eventually, after so many trials and mistrials and retrials and so many things, your case goes up the elevation chain. And Paul, in a desperation, says, I'm tired of being in trial. I'm going to write a letter to Caesar. I'm going to write a letter to the Supreme Court so they can hear my case, so we can be done with this forever. It's a long shot. You write, you write to the Supreme Court today, it's, probably, it's less than 0.5% that your court will be even heard. So Paul took a long shot. After years and years and years of wanting to go to Rome, the opportunity comes. And it's funny, when the judge gets back the letter from Caesar, he says, Paul, you would have been let go because I can't find the reason why. But because you appealed to Caesar, now y'all have to send you off to Rome. And so Paul gets to go to Rome eventually, finally. He's on the precipice. He's thinking, this is the time. I can go to Rome. I know I'm, I'm not guilty. They'll find me not guilty. And now I'm, I'm in Rome. I get to preach and teach in Rome and make a huge impact in the world. But certain things have to happen. Paul sets out with a bunch of soldiers. And they get going on the path. In Acts 27, verse, beginning at verse 9, it says, Much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous, because now it was after the Day of Atonement, that is Yom Kippur. So Paul warned them, he's talking to the soldiers now, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo, and to our own lives also. But the centurion Instead of listening to what Paul said, follow the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Oftentimes, pastor says, we put too much on the devil. We put too much, we give him too much credit. Some of the things that we go through is because of our own decisions. We've been warned. You come to Christ of the North, you've had a lot of warnings about life, about different situations you'll find yourself in, kids rebelling against you, parents dying, sickness in your family. He's, pastor has warned us, and he's prepared us for that. But oftentimes we ignore that advice, and we, we follow the advice of worldly people. And so they set off for sale. And Paul's like, I don't think that's the right move. That Rome in my life I was talking about earlier was I do have a desire to be married. That's my anxiety that I was feeling. Because I just got a relationship and I'm nowhere close to being married. I'm like, man, this, is, this might be a long ways off. And I'm almost 30. 
I thought, well, now my life will start by then. That's what I would tell myself. Once I get married, my life will be, be good. But once I get to Rome, once I get to Rome, you see all the married people laughing? You see all the married people laughing, huh? Hey, that's wisdom right there laughing. That's, that's some wisdom talking right there. That's the stuff we tell ourselves. Once I get to Rome, I'll be good. My life will be good. Once I get that job promotion, my life will be good. Once I get that car, my life will be good. Once I get to college, my life will be good. Once I graduate, I'll be making millions of dollars. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the soldiers took the risk. They could have stayed for the winter, let the storms pass, let the season pass, and then continue on their journey. But because they're in a rush to get to their destination, they want to go through shortcuts. Something happens. Life hits them. Jump down to verse 18. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. They run into a middle of a storm. It is bad. For two weeks, they are in a storm. Now, I'm not sure how long Hurricane Irma lasted, but it travels quite a bit of distance. In two weeks, they were caught up in a storm. They had thrown their cargo overboard. Eventually, they, they run out of food. And Paul's like, this is a bad situation. When neither sun nor stars appear for many days and the storm continued raging, finally, we gave up all hope of being saved. See, Luke's writing that because Luke was on that ship. We gave up all hope. You've been praying for a long time. You think you're there. You think you're almost there. Storm hits you. And you feel so far away from your destination that you think you'll never get it. And when we call people up, there is a temptation. When I hear someone call me as a minister, as a friend, maybe they lose a loved one, I always want to give them a reason. That's a temptation that ministers have to give a reason why something happened. Now that I'm a little wiser, I understand now, sometimes I don't know the reason. And it's okay to say I don't know. But Paul can give you a revelation. Paul gets a revelation. Paul doesn't know why he's in the storm. He thinks he's so close. Verse 21, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice. You think? <laughs> You should have taken my advice. Then you would, not, you would have spared yourself this, lo, this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. God comes to him in the middle of the storm and says, I'm with you. I'm with you. I've heard your prayers. Yes, it's troubling times right now. You're going to have some, some stress in these two weeks. 
but I'll see you through it. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong to and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. See, God had heard his prayers. For years he prayed. He knew what his desire was. He didn't put Paul's life on, on mute until he did. Paul had to continue to work. He had to continue to work his calling. He had continued to do what he was called to do. So much so, he got in jail several times, beaten, thrown out, drug out the city, left for dead. He continued to working, continued to hear his prayers. He's thinking he's on his way, gets in the middle of a storm, loses all hope. And God says, I'm with you. See, when I was in my anxieties for a couple of weeks, I couldn't hear it. I was in my own self-pity. I was scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, seeing a bunch of my classmates, my friends getting engaged, getting married, having kids. My own sister getting jealous of her because she's having kids, has a marriage, doing well. I got two beautiful nieces. And I was like, God, when's that going to happen for me? And God tells him, nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. He's like, we're going to shipwreck. <laughs> we're we, we in this now. We're going to shipwreck. There's no way we're going to get to Rome at this moment. We got off course. Some of you, because of your decisions, have gotten off course. They get stuck on this island in Acts 28, on an island called Malta. Some of you may be feeling like you're on Malta right now, stuck, prayers being unanswered, close but so far away from your destination. Paul shows up. The islanders see the ship, all these people, these soldiers get uh, taken care of. They feed them. They get them by the fire. They dry them off. They start caring for them. Paul might be like, okay, we got through the storm. And then he gets bitten by a poisonous snake. Paul's got to be like, I've been reading this. When do I get through this trial? I got shipwrecked. Now I get bit by a poisonous snake. But because of his recent revelation that God gave him, he had the courage to stand. He had the courage to stand. He said, oh, this snake, he shakes it off, throws it back in the fire, and the whole island is like, what? He doesn't swell up, doesn't bleed from his eyes. I don't know what a snake bite looks like, but... I'm imagining it's probably not very, very nice, especially a poisonous one. And they think he's a god himself. They never met God. This is an island, Malta. There's no Jewish people there. They never even heard the gospel. So they don't know what God is. They think he's God, and he's just showing them who God is in his life. 
See, when you're going through trials and tribulations, oftentimes the best thing is to persevere. Your husband passes away, he's still strong. There must be something about her. Why, why, is, she, why is she still smiling? Why is she still giving out great hugs at church? Why is she carrying herself like that? Why is she encouraging other people that are going through lesser trials? Oh, you didn't get that promotion, and she's encouraging you. She just lost the love of her life. When they see Paul shake off that snake, the whole island pays attention. He gets called up to the chief priest, the, the, the person in the island, and the, the chief leader, his father's sick. Paul goes in, lays hands, the person's healed. The father's healed immediately. Verse 7 says, His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him after prayer, placed his hands on him, and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honored us in many ways, and we were ready to sell. They furnished us with the supplies we needed. The whole island was healed. Even in trial and tribulation, you're not off your duties of what God's called you to do. You got shipwrecked. Okay. Still got to go out there and teach, preach, and heal. You didn't get what you wanted. Okay. Does that stop you from your calling? You didn't get to Rome yet. Okay. But you're still preparing yourself for that day. You still got to practice. You still got to practice. You want to be married, Trevor? Study what marriage is. Be a husband so when the calling comes, you're ready. It's easy to persevere when you know what the end destination is. For some of you, you're about to get, you're about to get Lake Beach ready this winter. Because you're like, hey, I got this swimsuit. I'm going to the beach. I'm going to the lake. I got to get my body right. We always have the great intentions in January and February. <laughs> then March rolls around. We start to stress. Another year goes by, we don't go to the beach. But if I can persevere through the end goal, I can make it. And some of the things I have to persevere through are because of my own decisions. I didn't need that flat screen TV. I went to the car dealership with a budget in my mind. And I talked to the salesman. If we put this package on, it's only $10 more a month. If we do this, oh, I mean, you can upgrade to the next model up. It's only $100 more. In your mind, like, sure, it's $100. Okay. <laughs> and then you get shipwrecked because your bills start coming in. And you got to make some decisions. Buy HBO. <laughs> we got to make some decisions. Can't go partying out all the time. Budget don't call for that. Unless you're going to be stuck in credit card debt forever. 
But I got to persevere. I got to make through this end so that I'll, I can get where I'm supposed to be at. Paul persevered. He gets stuck on Malta, changes an entire island. We don't know the reason why. I don't know, I'm not even sure what happened to the church at Malta. There's no other record of Malta in the Bible, but he changed a whole lot of people's lives. That day, he got shipwrecked in the middle of his biggest trial he's probably ever faced. So close to his destination, he heals them, opens the door for him to go to Rome now. I don't know if he had to get shipwrecked to get to Rome. He had made a bad decision. They had made a bad decision to leave early and got shipwrecked. But God can make, terrible, he can make great things and miracles happen out of terrible situations. He can still get you to your destination even though you may not see the reason why you have to go through it. Acts 28, 30, and 31, he gets to Rome. He gets there. He teaches in front of Caesar, gives him the gospel, gets set free. And it says here, For two whole years Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. The, group, the church in Rome grew significantly because Paul finally got to his destination. He got to what he'd been praying for his entire life and he worked it. He didn't take it for granted. He understood God would listen to him and he worked it. This is the blessing I gave you. I listened to you. I heard you. I heard your cries. I heard your late night cries. Sobbing by yourself. Crying on the bathroom floor. Promising that you will never drink again. I heard you. I prepared you for this moment. And when Paul got to his destination, he was prepared, ready, for any trial and tribulation that could happen to him. He changed the Roman Empire forever. After about 200 years after his death, Rome accepts Christianity as the official religion of the Roman Empire. Maybe Paul had to get shipwrecked. Maybe you had to get shipwrecked. Maybe you had some bad decisions. But you can get back on the right course. You can get to your Rome. And when you get there, you better ball out. I see, I know some of the pain you guys are going through. It's a lot of people at the Chiefs game right now. I wish I could be there too. But there's a reason the pastor had to call in. Maybe God's working to help you get to your Rome. Let's close it in prayer. Dear God, we come to you as humbly know how, Lord, thanking you. As we look back on our life, a lot of us can reflect on some of the bad decisions we've made. Some of the things that we attribute to Satan was really our own. We didn't listen to the advice of pastor. We didn't listen to the prayer and the, and the scriptures that you've given us. And we follow our own path. We got shipwrecked. 
And we thank God that you allowed us to persevere through that. For you said you would never leave us. And we are here today as living proof that you haven't left us. So God, we thank you. I want my Rome so bad. Prepare me for it. Embolden me through it. Allow me to continue the work I am called to do, whether it be in my family, whether it be in my community, whether it be on the job. Allow me to continue to work so that when my Rome does come, I'm ready, I'm prepared for it, and I can make history through you and grow your kingdom. In your son's name we pray, amen.